This is the news, the bigger picture. I'm Alexander Verbeek. Um, this is the 14th of December. You're listening to a first tryout of this podcast that I plan to do regularly before live audience on call-in. And the novel approach of call-in is to record a podcast before a live audience and only afterwards it's published on the app so that others can listen to it later. But for those that listen live, there's the option to discuss and to comment on the news, and that creates a completely different approach to a news program. You can actually be part of it. This news program will give extra attention to global issues like climate change, um, as well as to social and governance issues, but it's not limited in its scope. Anything newsworthy could come up. And that includes my comments on the news. I don't think there's a truly neutral way to choose the news items or present the news. And I am not even going to try since I like to give my opinion. And since this is a new project, please contribute with suggestions for content or the approach as you would like to see it. Let's start today with the pandemic. There's good news from Pfizer. This has announced that their antiviral COVID-19 pill is nearly 90% effective in preventing hospitalizations and deaths in high-risk patients. And it's also very likely, but not proven yet, that the drug retains its effectiveness against the new Omicron variant of the coronavirus. In a trial of more than 2,000 people, no patient who received the Pfizer treatment died while there were 12 deaths among placebo recipients. Let's move to New York City. A UN Security Council resolution casting climate change as a threat to international peace and security met a Russian veto. It should have been a highlight in the multi-year campaign to put climate change more central to decision-making in the UN's most powerful body. Most countries are convinced by now that climate change should often be considered as a relevant factor when assessing conflict management or peacekeeping operations. And the resolution asked the UN Secretary General to make climate-related security risks the central component of conflict prevention efforts and to report on how to address those risks in specific hotspots. Twelve of the UN Security Council's 15 members supported the resolution, but India and Russia, with its veto, voted no, and China abstained from voting. We'll surely come back to this vote in tomorrow's podcast, where where I'll be joined by Gary Lewis. He's the former Director of Policy and Program at UN Environment and then UNEP's Director for Disasters and Conflict, and he has worked a lot on these issues as I have done uh, in the past as well. Meanwhile, as UNDP noted today in a blog, or yesterday in a blog, uh, the group of 67 countries that had pledged two years ago to net zero or carbon neutrality has grown to 136. And that includes India that plans to achieve net zero emissions by 2070. And China that had already pledged carbon neutrality by 2060. But the EU, Brazil, and the United States have formalized their pledges to reach net zero targets by 2050. And we need those pledges, but what we need much more is concrete intermediate steps 
because without measurable actions between now and 2050, we risk postponing postponing policies and, and not getting the change that we need now. And there is simply no time to lose. I hope you had a chance to listen to the Planet podcast that I published yesterday. There, I spoke with journalist Alistair Doyle, who has just written the book The Great Melt, about the impact of rising sea levels on the lives of people on the world's coastlines. He predicted that worse was to come. And just days after we did the interview that was recorded before I published it yesterday, the news broke that scientists have detected cracks in the key ice shelf that holds back Antarctica Swayze Glacier. The scientists fear that the ice shelf could break apart within the next five years. And this is a deeply worrying development since that ice shelf works a bit like a cork on a bottle. An underwater mountain keeps the ice shelf in place, but warming ocean water is melting the ice shelf from below. And when it breaks up, It could accelerate the movement of inland ice into the sea and eventually this event will cause sea levels to rise by several feet. Uh, That is not happening overnight. We talk about centuries, but this is a massive contribution to sea level rise. And Doyle's book describes what the impact of such an event will be all over the world, from Pacific islands to places like New York or Venice or Rotterdam or the coastline of Florida. And this is um, uh, so. So this is a key development that's deeply worrying. There's some good news uh, coming in from Germany, where the government added 60 billion euros to its climate and transformation fund, and these funds will be used to um, invest in climate protection measures like uh, charging points for electric vehicles and better home insulation and uh, digitalization of the economy. Let's move to the United States, where NBC News reported that the workers in the candle factory in Mayfield, Kentucky, were threatened with firing uh, if they left their shifts early before the tornado arrives. I'm shocked by this kind of news, um, and especially since, since uh, at least eight people died in this factory during this catastrophic tornado, and at least... 40 tornadoes were reported across nine states, an unusually high amount for December, and is the most deadly tornado outbreak in the U.S. in more than a decade, with at least 88 people that have been confirmed dead now across five states in the South and the Midwest. And I just minutes ago learned the sad news that uh, the very youngest victim in the Kentucky uh, tornado disaster is a girl of only two months old. The New York Times brought it in a bigger context and, and, and reminded its readers that the agonizing aftermath of the tornadoes has compounded what was already an extremely challenging year in, in Kentucky. In February, there was this powerful ice storm that downed trees and cut off power to 150,000 people in eastern Kentucky. In July, a flash flood left people stranded in their homes and in autumn, There was a frightening spike uh, in the coronavirus. And now in December, we have the tornado disaster. If you're interested in a further picture of how rapidly our planet is changing, search in the New York Times for uh, something under the title, Postcards from a World on Fire. 
where you can, for instance, learn that in Morocco, two-thirds of the oasis have disappeared in the last century. It writes about the day in Dakar in Senegal, where three months of rain fell in just one day. And it also writes about the famous Southern African boabab trees. Some of these are two and a half thousand years old, and nine of the 13 oldest of these trees have died in the past 15 years. And the list goes on and on and on about wildfires, about ice loss, about hurricanes, and about all kinds of extreme weather, aggravated, of course, by man-made climate change. Well, this was today's first tryout of a new section on call-in, news about the planet, climate change, nature, as well as other news that caught my attention. Um, as I said at the opening, comments are welcome. This is still very much work in progress, um, and the concept will develop further, including the possibility for you to comment. Uh, if you want to comment now, please press, press the call-in button on the bottom right of your app but since i didn't announce this news uh, well ahead and i see that not many are listening thank you very much for listening uh, i don't expect too much comments right now um, but uh, it is what makes call in the hybrid version uh, between the podcast and social media and that is what should make this a different kind of news channel where you're not just consuming the news, but also contributing to a news program. Um, I'll um, uh, see what, what, what I will do in the days to come. I think there is, uh, this is, as I said, a tryout. There's a lot to, to work out how to develop this further, see what people would like, if there is an interest for a news program like this. Um, for now, I would just like to thank you for listening, and I hope to see you here back soon. Thank you. Bye-bye.